Dr. Bensong risked everything when he used the Quantum Leap Accelerator to travel back in time. Now our team's working to find out why. As he leaps between bodies with no memory of who he is, he still has one hope. That his next leap takes him back to the place and people he calls home. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we're here with a decent proposal. We uh, are. Not Midnight Run, <laughs> but a decent proposal. Recording That's a little right. bit later than usual uh, this week because we had stuff, some stuff going on over this weekend. We were visiting, uh, for us, we were visiting family. I know you had some stuff going on. But I am really glad that we waited uh, to to record until Monday afternoon. Yeah. Kind of serendipitous, actually, um, because NBC Universal just announced officially uh, that they've ordered six additional episodes of its new drama, Quantum Leap, bringing its season one total to 19 episodes. It's funny because as I read this press release from NBC, uh, I just got a notification from Reddit and somebody on Reddit said season one is now 18 episodes. So... (laughs) They they didn't take into account the original pilot for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, we always be repurposed. We we sure. yeah we've made that mistake ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, the, as confirmed by NBC, it is 19 episodes. Um, some other interesting information included in the press release is Quantum Leap is the season's number one new show in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is great. Um, it definitely classifies it you know as, as a hit by any standard uh, for them. Uh, Quantum Leap is the number one NBC current season series on Peacock. And that's awesome. That's exactly what we wanted mm-hmm. to see. Again, the conversation I had with the Observer a couple of weeks ago, they were very, you know, reassuring when it came to how important streaming numbers are. And I think that this, to me, the ratings have been fine. You know, they they really have been. I, I don't think there's any reason to naysay the, the actual television ratings. But to me, mm-hmm. I think that this is a sign that Peacock and and the viewing on Peacock really kind of helped to to steer this decision. Absolutely. Um, and not only is it the number one NBC current season series on Peacock, it's a top five title on Peacock season to date across all genres. So that is awesome. People are streaming this on Peacock and they're streaming it a lot, um, which is great. So if you're out there just leaving it on in the background, good for you. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is great, great news and and super excited about the fact that we're going to get a full uh, order uh, of the first season. Um, you know, I'm I'm feeling confident. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. feeling good. How, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good about it. It was funny. <laughs> Betsy and I were talking about it this weekend and we're talking about stuff that we're going to get up to like make the podcast and the website a little bit better. But I said, honestly, I want to I want I want to wait to see if we get more beyond the 13. You yeah. Know, before we start investing more time and energy, it's like, OK, is this going to get picked up or is this going to you know what's going to happen? So so I'm excited about it. 
five years from now, Dennis is going to be like, I'm just waiting and seeing if we're going to get a season six. We're going to get a season. Are we going to, is like, you know, the spinoff, is that getting picked up? What about the right, movie? Right, right. What, yeah, what about I know, the movie? What's going on with I, they're that? working on the third film right now, but I really, I need to know if there's going to be, you know. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, speaking of films, speaking of all of that, of course, Deborah Pratt did uh, mm-hmm. an AMA over on Reddit, and uh, it was rather illuminating. She didn't answer our question, which is totally fine. Maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, we'll get a chance to ask her again someday. Uh, but uh, she did answer some other uh, interesting questions, including uh, stuff about the evil leapers, uh, which she certainly seemed to imply that evil leapers would be playing a part at some point in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a question about whether or not Ben would ever leap into uh, one of Sam's previous leaps uh, or something connected to one of Sam's previous leaps. She seemed to think that that would be a pretty great idea. Uh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So it seems like that is something that may happen. Uh, when asked about Sammy Joe, she straight up said, and we had heard her say this before, kind of, you know, secondhand. Someone had asked yeah. her a question and her response was, oh, it's going to happen in the movie. And we were just sort of like, oh, Deborah, she's great. But she said it again, and this time in a very public forum about when asked about Sammy Joe, she was like, oh, she's going to be in the Quantum Leap movie. Now, whether or not the Quantum Leap movie is something that really happens or not, who knows? Because, you know, Deborah's been talking about it for like 20 years now. Um yeah. And, and we certainly hope it does. And I think that, you know, Deborah's enthusiasm and what she said before about there being kind of a, you know, a franchise out of Quantum Leap uh, akin to Star Trek or something like that would be lovely. And, you know, who knows, maybe there are already plans for, you know, films on Peacock or, or et cetera. We'll, we'll find out. Um, but yeah, those were kind of the most interesting little uh, pieces that, that came out of it. Um, and I, I think that uh, it's encouraging to see uh you know, so many people involved with the show being, uh, you know, active on social media, being active in this way and, and, and getting the opportunity to really interact with the fandom. And I think that, you know, it, it, we, we look at the fandom as being something that's been around for 30 plus years. It, it, in a lot of ways, there's so many people that are coming to this brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the, the fandom is just growing. And, and um, I, I, you know, I, I don't say this, in any kind of critical way or in any way to alienate, but it's almost like we've got like two sides of it. You've got, you know, the people that have been around since the original series, and then you've got people that are coming to it now from the new series. And I would love to just see that be one big ball of fandom goodness. Uh, But it's really great to see this interactivity um, from, you know, the producers and the cast and and the rest of the crew, because uh, I, I think that for this particular show, for this particular fandom, that type of thing is going to be incredibly important and encouraging as, as the ball keeps rolling. Uh, now that we've got 19 episodes in our first season. Absolutely. And I love seeing like the conversations on Twitter and seeing other people like tweet, like people we're not even connected to, but because of likes and other people retweeting, like we're seeing like people like, please don't NBC, please don't cancel this. Please don't screw this up. <laughs> Give me more episodes. And like I said, I'm still waiting to see like, like the younger audience kick in. Right. And sure. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I mean, I think just by by virtue of the fact that, you know, that 18 to 49 demo has been so strong, we can take a lot from that to, to say that it is appealing to a younger audience, um, uh, which is which is great, because let's face it, I, I mean, for the ages like 18 to 22 in particular, you have so many other things that you could be focusing on, oh, so sure. many other avenues that you could do it on. And, and, and uh, uh, it's great. You know, I, I think that um, I think that we're going to get the chance to talk about this show for a while. It's not going to yeah. just be you know, 13 weeks and done, which is, yeah. which is very nice. You're up. At least, <laughs> at least 19. 
Right. And what I'm excited about, we've talked about this before. The thing I'm really excited about with this one season is that we know we're going to get one arc this season. And this one arc this season is all yeah. about where, where is Ben going? What is this, what is this thing that he is trying to get to? And I'm super excited to find out, but we got this week's episode, but first we got to thank some right. patrons. We got to spay, thank paint. We got to spank. No, we're not going to oh, do that. No. No, oh. that. You got to pay, you got to oh, pay boy. a lot more for that. No, yes. no. <laughs> Let's uh, yeah. let's thank some patrons and donors here. Uh, we got Al's Place, Leap Fan Site, Cosplay Dad, Joanne Bartlett, Dana Bias, Rich Bork, Kevin Butcher, Dermot Devlin, friend of the podcast for a while. Thank you, uh, Dermot, for becoming a patron. Barry Donovan, Brian Dreadful, Troy Evers, Larry Ganey, Jason Geis, Michelle Hoffman. She is also new. Welcome. Thank you so much, Michelle. She is totally on board for us having a Horrible spinoff podcast, by the way. Uh, Amy Holtkamp, Bess A. Corey, oddly specific with Audra, Christopher Redman, Adrian Saul, Karen Saxon, Mike Stouffer, Damon Sugamelli, Larry Trujillo, Jill Wilson, and also our anonymous donors. Thank you so much. If you would like to become a patron monthly, you can do so through patreon.com slash fateswidewheel. One time, you can go through biasacoffee.com slash fateswidewheel. That information is in the show notes. You can also send us an email. Someone sent us a Facebook message this week saying they couldn't find our email address because for the last few episodes, <laughs> I've left our email address off of the show notes. So sorry about that. If you want to send us an email with feedback, comments on previous episodes, you can send us an email at fateswidewheelpodcast at gmail.com because believe it or not, someone already got fateswidewheel at gmail.com. I would I want to see what they're doing with that email. What are they doing? I should send Hold them an email. Hostage. And just say, yeah, hey, right. Just say, hey, what's go- what's going on? What are you, what's up, guys? Yeah. So thank you. Uh, thank you all so much. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you at the watch party. One of the things that we do every week with our patrons and donors is that we have a watch party on Zoom that starts about a half hour before the episode starts airing. We we chat throughout. We keep it silent. We do it all through the Zoom chat. So nobody is talking during the episode. And then we have about what I say is about 10 minutes, but the last couple of weeks, like it's gone on like 20 minutes, a half hour right, where we just right. end up chatting with each other about what we, what we thought of the episode. And last week was a doozy with the reveal of the hand yes. link at the end. Yeah, uh, a lot of people pointed out, I'm, I'm, uh, a lot of people pointed out, I missed it too, is that there were, there were some strains of the old home theme over the hand link last mm-hmm. week that I missed and yeah. I need to go back. I need to go back and rewatch. But yeah, yeah. It was it was nice to hear that motif and, and you know uh, pop up again. It was different, and it and it, and it did take me a second watch to catch it. I didn't catch it on the first watch, but then on the rewatch, I I, I did catch it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I almost feel like we could devote another episode uh, just to talking about last week's. Uh, quite frankly, because so much happened oh, sure. and, and and it was so it was so good. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I, I think we were able to you know to to, to cover it as best we could. Yeah, yeah. And and I think a decent proposal. It's interesting because you you hit it uh and I was getting to ready to respond, but you you did it uh I think before I I had a chance to and you hit it right on the head when you said that tonally this is a very different episode. A decent proposal is very different from somebody up there like Ben. But when you look at the quality of it, like it's just as good. I mean, this is another great episode and you know, who knows what's going to happen over the next three or four episodes and whatnot, but it does feel as though they've, they, they've figured it out. They've hit their stride. And I think we're in for a real treat for the rest of the season. um, If these two episodes kind of back to back are any indication of, of what we can, 
expect um, going forward. And I think there's a great division between, you know, the project and modern day stuff and, and the leap. Um, I think that the the other thing that they really hit on, we'll talk a little bit more about this in, in, in the spoiler version, because I guess I'm giving you my non-spoiler review right sure. now, basically. Uh, but one thing that I think that they really hit on, and I, and I was in conversation with someone involved in the show actually about this, is that by casting somebody like Justin Hartley specifically, they've got someone who's very charismatic, who's very capable, and right off the bat, it's easy to get invested with them. And this is sure. no shade thrown at any of the other guest actors that they've had thus far. You know, the the, the I think the type of charisma and, and what Justin brings to the role and what he brings to the screen is not, that's just not something that everybody has, quite frankly. And I think that if you're going to have to split your time between a leap and, you know, modern day, all that sort of stuff, that what better way to get the audience invested in your characters than by having actors that, you know, we might be a little familiar with that, that just bring that charisma that, that, that have a role that feels like fits them like a glove because the role also feels like it fits him very well. And I, and, and it really heightened my enjoyment of the episode. Um, and I'm familiar with him, you know, a bit obviously from Smallville, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was a great piece of casting and I thought that it really, really helped my overall investment of, of the leap um, as a whole. And I felt like that the, the leap got some time to breathe and had, you know, some interesting moments in it. And uh, uh, I, I mean, Raymond Lee just continues to just be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, just phenomenal. You know? Girlfriend. Yeah. And, 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 and Addison, oh my gosh, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the spoiler, but like mm -hmm. Addison is fabulous in this episode as well. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's not even to talk about the wonderful work that, that Mason Alexander Park does once again, and, and, and that Ernie Hudson does as well. So um, I, I just think it's a really, really strong episode across the board. Um, and, you know, back against the wall, if you had to get me to like pick my favorite episode of the season, I might lean in towards three, but man, it would be, it would be tough because I think four is, is, is just as good. And in some mm -hmm. ways, in some ways, perhaps even more momentous, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. I I agree. I agree with everything you said about Justin Hartley. It's not just, I mean, not taking away from, from Justin because he is obviously great. I will say this is the first thing I've ever saw. I've seen him in. I watched a little bit of Smallville, but not what he was involved in. This is us. I want to watch it, but I know as soon as I start, I'm going to binge it and it's going to emotionally yeah. devastate me. So yeah. I haven't gotten into it. It's not just him, but it's also like what they gave his character because very often, and I'm just realizing this, like thinking about it, a lot of the characters who have agency in Quantum Leap episodes outside of our main characters are usually the villains. Yeah, totally. Yep. But like right off the bat in this first scene, you have Justin's character like taking charge and the best episodes of Quantum Leap we've talked about before are the ones or almost where you could take Sam and Al, or in this case, Ben and Addison, you could take them out of the story, rewrite yeah. the script a little bit, and it could just be like a standalone anthology story, which is what totally. Don Melisario set off at. And five minutes into watching this, I was like, oh, like, yeah, this could be its own standalone story. We could watch yeah. uh, Justin's character. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Like Justin's character. Jake. Uh, yeah. Of course it was Jake. I was waiting for <laughs> I was waiting for a just Jake reference. Uh, calling back to MIA. Uh I could just see Jake and Eva, bounty hunters, right. do a story. I mean, I don't know if it'd be, yeah. you know, for an entire series, but I could see them I can see them do the story. Uh, I love Oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I know I, I completely agree. I think it's a really great point. And that's honestly, I felt the same way about last week's episode as well. You know, I felt like I could have watched a, a story, uh, you know, about Daryl and, and, and you know what I mean? Like that, that would have been just as entertaining. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. I love that his first leap into a woman it's treated aside from like the, the opening gag of him getting harassed to the point that he ends up like throwing a drink in the guy's face and Addison, Addison's commentary yeah. on it. His leaping into a woman is treated just like Sam's leaps into a woman after what price Gloria. Yes. There, yeah. there are comments, but the, there are some subtle comments like here and there. Then after that, it's just a very matter of fact. I love that there was no like big deal made about it. Ben was like, right. oh, my God, what's going on? Addison, nobody else at the project, nobody questioned at all that he had leaped into a woman. It's like, oh, yep, this, yep, this happens. Here we go into the story. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I love that the, we're, I think in these last two episodes, they're really finding the balance between leap story and project story. This episode, I think we've spent the least amount of time in the at the project than we have in all of the previous episodes. I love the scene between Magic and Ian, and it's been teased for a while, so we know pretty much what the scene is about. Right. Very well acted, very well done. I have so many questions and so many thoughts about the actual meat of what Magic says. I can't wait till we dive into that part because I, I just I want to have a conversation with the writers, not as writers. And, and and podcasters just as all fans of the show as we all yeah. are and i just want to pick their brain like them not having to be secretive or whatever and just ask them like what what is the process in the room when you're deciding all of this stuff because i know one person probably wrote magic's monologue but right. there were a lot of voices in there like you no know, we have to word it this way because it's going to mean a certain thing here everything everything so on and so on so yes all of that. Yeah. Overall, it, it was a great episode and I don't know what else to say without just like diving in, talking about spoilers. Well, then let's do it. Uh, before we get started, something that we haven't necessarily been doing quite as officially, if you will, as we were doing uh, with the uh, original series overview is talking about the directors and the writers. And part of that has just been Absolutely. because some of that information has come to us, you know, kind of late. Like we, we've had the benefit of hindsight when it comes to obviously the original series. Somebody was talking on, on Twitter and, and Facebook about it. IMDb so far with this series is a hot mess. Oh, yeah. As, as far as having specific information on individual episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So for this episode, uh, the uh, writer was Moira, uh, excuse me, Moira Curland. Um, and she has, uh, has a number of writing and producing credits under her belt over the past couple of decades, um, including Dark Angel, Castle, Arrow, uh, you know, has written numerous episodes uh, um, of, of television as well. Um, this is her first uh, Quantum Leap episode um and was, i I, th I thought it was you know just did a phenomenal job of course you know we we know that we, with the writer's room and with hands-on producers that, that it is a bit of a collaborative process uh in, in a lot of ways but um you know it's her name on the uh, on the credits so um i, I think uh, i think she did a phenomenal job uh, and then our director is rachel talalay 
And uh, if you, you know, know anything about Rachel at all, you know that she is a more than capable uh, director. Uh, she's directed uh, numerous episodes, uh, some of my favorite episodes, quite frankly, uh, of Doctor Who uh, ever, um, including um, the uh, series finale, season finales, excuse me, for um the twelfth uh, Doctor Peter Capaldi, uh, just just some incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, Hell bent, heaven sent, uh, world enough in time. The Doctor falls, um, death in heaven, dark water, twice upon a time, uh, and she's also directing the upcoming 60th anniversary special. Um, so that's all the endorsement I needed when it when it came to her uh, her work, because sure. uh, I think she's just a phenomenal uh, uh, director when it comes to that. But um, she's also directed a number of other uh, programs, uh, genre programs as well, including like The Flash, uh, Superman and Lois. Um, mm -hmm. She worked on Riverdale. Um, just, you know, just a, a great career. And, you know, shout out because it's that time of year. Her first directing credit, believe it or not, is a film called Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. So um, happy Halloween, everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought the direction in this episode was fantastic. It felt very cinematic. Like there were times when this episode, it, it really, I mean, yes, if there is something that, that is going to take some getting used to, I think for some folks, myself included, frankly, uh, is there's a lot of uh, Hollywood backlot stuff, you know, and, and, and I've, and it's been so long to, to be completely frank. It's been so long since I was regularly watching network television that I kind of had gotten away from the backlot. So, cause so much of the prestige stuff is shot on location. Right. Oh, sure. So, so, or, or if I'm watching like a sitcom, like I expect it to look a certain way or whatever, but sometimes, you know, when watching this, it's sort of like, all right, we're in back. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. You know, it's just your suspension of disbelief. It's no big deal. Um, that said, this episode felt very cinematic. It felt like mm. something that uh, in some ways was just a, I don't want to say a step above because obviously Atlantis had a lot of really amazing shots as well, uh, especially considering the special effects and stuff. So, um, but I think it's wonderfully shot. It's a beautiful episode, well-directed, um, well-constructed overall. Absolutely. And speaking of backlock, backlocks, because I had the same thought, I think they even used the same alley from the pilot. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I would wager that that is absolutely At the case. At one point, it, but it's funny but because I okay. go back and watch the original series. There's a lot of there's a lot of backlot shots, and if you're just new, you go back and you listen to our old stuff. I love calling out like when I can pick out like <laughs> when they use the old sets from episode to episode. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I was going to say is I've been reading uh, a book about the production of Star Trek and, you know, talking about like the initial like uh, production meetings and design meetings and, and getting everything together and how at first, of course, one of the big hurdles was like, how can you make a show, you know, set in space, going to a different planet every week, blah, blah, all this sort of stuff. And the mandate kind of came down to say like, well, you know, every planet we visit is going to be a class M planet. It can sustain life kind of like our own. And, uh, oh, we've got these big cycloramas. Well, some planets will be purple. Some will be red some will be orange you know and that's and they reused so much of the same sure. stuff over and over and over again and you just have to get creative with it and i think again part of it also is it's like look if you're telling me a good story i don't really care you know how many how many how many pieces of theater have we seen in a black box with like no set whatsoever but it's been absolutely riveting because it's high quality stuff and i think it's the same thing with this you know it's just sort of like look if i recognize the same backlot from the, the premiere that, that's in this episode who cares because they're telling me a great story you know and i and and i say that partly because there's been and I've seen some comments, some of the, the the naysayers out there that have talked about little things like that and production quality and stuff. First of all, I think they're wrong. I think the production quality is very high. I just think that, again, it's, you know, that's 
you're, you're dealing with network television. Like you're going to use what you have and sure. you've got these backlots. So of course you're going to use them. You're going to redress them. And sometimes you might notice that like, Hey, wait a minute, you know, and sometimes maybe there's an errant palm tree in the background when there shouldn't be, it happens. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah. So uh, thoughts about that. I'm, I'm at the point now, especially now that we know that like the, the series have been picked up for, you know, six more episodes. We're going to get a 19 episode season. And just how good the last two episodes have been. I don't have time for the naysayers anymore. Like none. Same here. None. Yep. Out of here. You're, you're done. You're done. Even even fans of the series who are hard on the first couple of episodes, I'm 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 kind of miffed at you because I'm like, just give give them a chance, find their footing, trust yeah. them, and for sure. And the backlot thing, you know me like for for you you and me like with theater backgrounds, there's there's almost like a theatrical quality to it of just like okay, you know what you're seeing is a set, like you said, like the black box that you see stuff in. It's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you kind of see the cracks and everything, but you accept it. But still, yeah, the riveting story overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the, you know, the leap in, um, you, you know, finding out kind of right away that uh, it, obviously, you know, Ben is, is left into a woman. Um, we see the, the mirror image shot. Uh, which is great. We we get information almost immediately about um, you know that they're bounty hunters. They're looking for somebody. Uh, it turns out that the guy that was hitting on bed is indeed the person that they were looking for. Uh, meanwhile, we have Addison popping in, and she's having a ball with the fact that Ben sure. is has leapt into a woman, um, which is which is great. We 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 really I, I think in the first maybe quarter of this episode, I feel like we see kind of a different side of Addison, which is really really nice. It's mm-hmm. almost as if in the last episode you know, she has kind of that break. She's exhausted. She's just feeling, you know, so tightly wound. Uh, she learns that this is going to be a while, right. That, that they're, that they're in this for a while. And then you know, they have this moment of coming together where they're all you know together as friends. And of course they find out that, you know, bad news, Janice has a hand link, but other than that, uh, uh, it, it feels it feels a little bit like some of the weight has been lifted off of her shoulders and that tracks, mm-hmm. I think with where we left things last episode. And it feels nice because it gives us a different, a little bit of a different side of Addison. Absolutely. And I want to point this out and I know this is, this is not a nitpick or anything, but I find it interesting. It's always a thing of like, like the project time and leave time, they kind of, they kind of go back and forth. They track with each other, but Addison is there quick. Like she's there in 30 seconds. She mm-hmm. is on top of it. And of yeah. course it fits the story. But I just have to point out, it's like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's a right. little bit off, but that's always a, that's always the thing of the, of the series. Yeah. Well, it, one of the things that I did uh, today is I rewatched a bit of Leap Home Part 2 um, because we had a question uh, because, in reference to Magic's monologue. Yeah. Sure. And as I was as, as I was rewatching it, it was just sort of like, man, Al takes a long time to show up in that episode. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Leap yep. Home Part 1. He takes a long time to show up. And that's, I mean that could be said of a number of episodes in, in the original series, but there are episodes where, yeah, where he's there, you know, pretty soon after Sam leaps in. Um, so this was interesting. Cause I think that this is probably the quickest that we see Addison get to Ben, um, sure. you know, which I think again, provides us with some of that, those comedic moments, um, which is, which is nice. And uh, I mean, I'm enjoying the sense of humor of the show quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I mentioned this Twitter this past week. Um, and, and I, I, I really think that it feels much more natural. Um, I think that they're, you know, they've, they've crafted a, a living and breathing world so that those, those moments of levity 
rather than feeling like, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline, it just feels like I'm deriving humor from the interactions between human Absolutely. beings. Which Absolutely. Is nice. I spent like the, in this first scene in the, the exchange with Addison and Ben, she had a line. So I was trying to interpret like, like he's like, I'm, I'm getting used to like feeling clothes in places I'm not used to feeling clothes. And then she has a line like, yeah. or, or what, or what you're not feeling. How did you interpret that line? Did you interpret that line the way I interpreted that line? Oh, I interpreted that line the way you interpreted that line. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Nothing like, doing eh. down there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, in a different episode in a fanfic, they can explore what's going on with, with Ben down there. Of course, like they never did that with Sam when he leaped into a woman. Anyway, anyway, right, moving right, on, right. moving on. But the, the humor from it, I love uh, when Ben punches out the guy out in the parking lot and Jake is like, have you been boxing on the side? Ben's like, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that brought, that, that nice. line brought me so much joy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, now, I, now, here's the thing I want to ask you because I realized something that they did specifically in Atlantis and they have not done in every other episode. I was visiting family this weekend and while food was on the grill, like we we're ready for it to get ready. Uh, one program went off. I found out that they have Hulu. And I was like, oh, I know what we're watching. <laughs> Pulled up Quantum Leap. We got all the way through the first episode. Uh, apparently, my brother-in-law, he's been watching it. He didn't tell me about it. My oh, brother-in-law, nice. has, my brother-in-law has, been, has been watching it. He'd seen the last two episodes, but he had not seen the very first episode. My sister hadn't seen the first episode at all. She got all wrapped up, to, wrapped up into it to the point, like at one point, like she got up to leave the room. She was like, pause this. So she nice. was really into the story. But I realized watching the beginning of Atlantis yesterday, as the shuttle is lifting off, they throw the year up onto the screen. Yes. And they have not done that in every other episode. And I I found myself thinking about it this morning. Is that just one thing that they tried in one episode and they decided, okay, that's that's not a thing that we're going to do? Or do you think that they specifically did that for Atlantis to make it as explicit as possible that this was not the challenger? That is a wonderful point, and I had not thought of that. Uh, I think that 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 could very well be, yeah, that that they wanted to distance themselves as far as they could from it being the Challenger or the Columbia, or any, you know what I mean. That this was a different a uh, different time, um, to say the least. Uh, but it could also be that it was experimentation. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the classic series would always list the you know the the month, day, and year, um, as well as the title of, of the episode, and that's sure. something that they've they've strayed away from, uh, which is fine. Um, man, that's a really that's hey that's because something it, to file it, away in our, our our banks, and if we get the chance to ask you know somebody know someday because it came up because someone else in my family, like as the shuttle was lifting off and the year popped up on the screen they made some comments like, Oh, Oh, I thought it was the challenger for a second, mm-hmm. but the 1998 affirmed that it wasn't. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Speaking of dates and putting stuff on the screen, this episode, I didn't catch it the first time, but I got a chance to watch it twice. They never explicitly say the date in the episode at all. You know, they, it's they, all, de- it's all derived from, from princess Diana getting married. Yeah, the context clues. I love that. It reminded me of uh, you know one of the earliest examples of this. I believe was uh, was double identity, uh, or no, no, not double identity. Excuse me. Um, 
why did I say double identity when I clearly meant played against Seymour? Uh, in played against Seymour, we find out what the date is and, and what year it is from the context clues before we ever paper, hear yeah. anything. Yeah, which I which I always really liked. I thought that that was kind of neat. Um, I, I liked this too. The thing that I liked about it as well is is, is that it felt like something that, that uh, we as uh, you know podcasters, you know, et cetera, were able to kind of derive just from seeing the production photos because we saw the newspaper um, uh, uh, that one of the characters was holding. And of course, on the very front cover is, is the uh, the front page is the news of front page Princess Diana and yeah, Prince Charles getting married. So uh, yeah, I I, uh, I I thought that that was cool, but I, I don't know that I had consciously noticed the fact that, yeah, it had been, um, it hadn't been stated at all. I don't even think the they said the year. Because I think at one point Jen had a line um, about Ben being in the 80s and kind of summing up things for Ian at one point. But I don't even think they said the year at any point. Leap story or project story. No more commentary beyond that. I just found that. No, that is that is that is kind of interesting. Yeah. of course we i think kind of moving the moving the plot along real quick is that we get to the uh, bounty hunting office which we find out of course that uh eva's dad owns the The bail bonds bonds and and uh they show up and jake is just sort of like oh lights are on the doors ajar Uh oh something something's amiss and he he goes in to kind of check it out and of course ben is like oh i better go you know better go see what's going on and so uh ben walks in of course jake gets down to propose and it's a uh again, it's a wonderful moment, not only for, you know, for Justin and Raymond, but I think that Caitlin is Addison is, is just really, really enjoying this episode. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed Addison's reactions to the proposal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I have like, and I don't want to like, like cherry pick, like, like the moments like throughout, cause there were so many like great moments of like little yes. comedy, like throughout, like, y- yes, I actually have picked up boxing. Uh, the, the, the stank, that Ben puts on girlfriend later on in the episode. Yeah. Just like, like, like the humor that they're, that they find throughout. I think it's like both between writing and what Raymond and Caitlin are doing. Um, right. and, and Justin, this episode for two, for that matter. Cause like I said, never see Justin, anything else, but like, he's got the star power. Like he, he is perfectly at home in this episode, probably more so than any guest actor that we have had so far, at least from a, from a comedic sense. Yes. And, and, and from this like, like well-worn, like, you know, you could see this character, like I said, like in their own TV show. Oh yeah. If somebody told me that like, yeah, that there was going to be, you know, a, a show about Jake or whatever, this is a backdoor pilot. You know what I mean? Like if it's 30 years ago and they're doing a backdoor pilot for a show, I would be like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. You know, it, it, because he does, he inhabits it's, the role so well. Quantum leap. I, I hope they don't do this. Please don't do this. NBC. Don't, don't let us give you ideas. I, you're not listening. NBC. I know you're not listening, but please don't <laughs> let us give you ideas. Don't turn quantum leap into a backdoor pilot machine. <laughs> because they totally could but they could yeah exactly yeah well uh, yeah and one of the things that i love in particular about the role of jake and this is and this to me is wholly with you know the writing uh, i mean you have an actor who's up to the task don't get me wrong but is that they've created a character that actually gets some some stuff to do beyond agency you know yeah i i love kind of the angst over you know the fact that like even doesn't say Yes, I'll marry you, you know, Ben mm-hmm. rather. And 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 the the rest of the episode, there's this real struggle that the character is having. And you can see that inner struggle and it's so well defined. And 
Um, I, I really, yeah, I just really enjoyed the fact that we had this well-drawn character to attach ourselves to uh, over the course of the leap. And I agree with what you said too about the level of agency. Uh, and the amazing thing about this episode is that you have these characters, both uh, um, Jake and Tammy Jean, who we'll talk about here in a second, that I that I feel like they have they both have so much agency and they both uh, are doing so much that while I, I hesitate to say this in some ways because I don't want people to get the wrong idea, uh, like you said, you could just take... Ben out of the episode and still have a great story. Yeah. But the wonderful thing is, and this to me is just the hallmark of, of great writing and people getting Quantum Leap, is that it is absolutely necessary for Ben to be there. You know, Ben impacts this leap. Again, Ben happens to the leap, the leap doesn't happen to him. And yet we're shown incredibly capable, well-rounded characters around him. Whereas in last week's episode, I felt like Daryl, Daryl needed Ben to be there. Like without Ben there, like Daryl dies. Like Daryl's an amazing sure. character. John Chaffin was fantastic in the role. But this this one's just a little bit different. And I and 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 I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that setup. What I found interesting about this particular episode is they don't have to keep chasing Tammy Jean, but no, they but, don't. <laughs> but Addison keeps pretty like like no, this is the thing that you have to do that you have to leave. And my one gripe I would have between this episode and the last episode is they've kind of glossed over this whole no, you have to do this to leap, or you stuck here forever. Hmm. Like it was just it was just announced like as a hard given in last week's episode. And I, I just want I just wanted like one or two more lines like explaining to Ben. I want Ben to question that. Right. If that right, makes right. sense. You know what I mean? It's just like accepted as a given. Uh no, if you don't do this thing, you're not gonna leave. So like it sticks out in this particular episode. They don't have to keep doing the thing, but because Ben has the leap, they have to keep putting themselves back into harm's way to get to yeah. and like i said because of what they know about her what they don't know about her like it's not immediately clear why it's essential that's a really good point and i wonder just because they've addressed so many little things as we've gone along if that's something that they won't address in a future episode like if there won't be more emphasis placed on the fact that like yes you have to set right something that once went wrong in order to leap and if you don't you will be stuck here forever and, and you know and go just a little bit more into it because like you said it's it's established but it but it feels maybe maybe just a tad bit nebulous compared to what we certainly as longtime fans have come to expect from the show so i wonder if there would and part of the reason why i say maybe it will be addressed in the future and almost excuse the fact that it hasn't necessarily been addressed yet is because it's still kind of fresh information for them that Ben's not just going to come back home, you know? Sure. So, so, so maybe there's, and plus they're dealing with all the Janice stuff as well. So maybe there's this notion of that. They just haven't thought about it too much. Right. You know, that the characters themselves are, are in a place where it's kind of like, ah, we're not having this conversation yet for a number of reasons. Cause we got to get to all this other stuff. Um, but I will, I, I would, I would agree with you that, you know, this episode probably would have been a perfect time to to have a little bit of that conversation, right? Because of the circumstances under which the, you know, like you say, Jake's done. Like Jake, as far as he's concerned, is like, I don't right. know. Exactly. You know, uh, uh, and it's Ben's prodding that keeps them after, you know, Tammy Jean, because they think that they have to, they have to save her. Uh, yeah. Right. I will ask you, um, I went in totally clueless on this. Was there any point before the reveal that you knew that Tammy Jean was the was the big bad? 
Nope, no clue whatsoever. Because wisely, uh, similarly to the production photos for you know last week that where they yanked the photos of uh, Janice standing over Beth, uh, they didn't put any production photos that would have alluded to that fact at all. They did put some production photos up that that pretty much guaranteed something that I hinted at last episode that I said I wasn't going to talk about that we will talk about when we get to the end of this episode. Sure. Uh, but there no, there was no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I honestly did not think about that at all did you no did not cross my mind i got there's like oh yeah that that totally that makes sense but it worked it got me you know and i'm sure there are people out there that were that were just suspicious you know over from the get-go or whatever were like ah yeah she's you know she's she's a bad guy or whatever but i didn't i I will say i was surprised i don't think we have gotten such an explicitly violent death in quantum leap before Of, of the gunshot to the chest right like we, I mean, we've gotten, you know, the, the guys blown away by Sam at the end of right. MIA, MIA the, yeah. you know, the soldiers, uh, blown away in the leap home part two, which we'll get to here in a little bit, but right. not like explicitly one shot to the chest, blood pack. Yeah. Heal over. Kind of took, I'm yeah. not, I wasn't put off by it, but kind of took me by surprise. It did, yeah, because we didn't see a lot of blood in the original series. Mm-hmm. Like most of the gunshot wounds and stuff like that that we saw were, you know, it was just kind of like basically what we saw was gunpowder. You know, we just saw gunpowder sure. and smoke, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that 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 is that is interesting. I, here's here's another little tidbit. Here's something for you that I was not aware of because I'm not big on the celebrity gossip, and like I said, I haven't really paid attention to much network television. Uh, did you know that Justin Hartley and Sophia Paranis? are a couple in real life? Yes. This is the thing why I cannot figure out why I knew Justin Hartley's name. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because I was looking up information to confirm because I'd heard that. I was like, oh, when did he marry her? Oh, he married her in 2001. He divorced (laughs) Chriselle Staus in 2001. And I went to college with Chriselle Staus. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so if wow. you know Chriselle Stiles, she is now on Netflix's Selling Sunset. Okay. Before that, you probably know her more from her soap opera stint. She started off on All My Children, and then I think General Hospital after All My Children folded. Yes, went to college with her. I was in at least one show with her. The yeah. one show I remember very specifically because she was basically the heroine and I was the villain. Uh, Alan Ackborns, I think. Uh, that's playwright's name, Communicating Doors, mm-hmm. a British farce, which, by the way, is another time travel story. I got to die twice, which which you could do in a time travel story. Right. But but yes, that's how I'd see Justin Harley's name before, because I do follow Chrishell on on social media, like very loosely, like I follow her Facebook page. Yeah. And then as soon as like, oh, that's where I've seen Justin's name before. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So it makes yeah. had they stayed married, would it have been Chriselle Staus that we would have seen in this episode? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Or did see if it, or yeah, or was it the other way around? Did Sophia get him the part in this episode? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, celebrity gossip part over. That that, that yes, is not exactly. our podcast. That is not uh, our podcast. But but Sophia yes, is Tammy Jean. I, I just uh, wanted to use I, I wanted to use the kind of segue into quickly that I, I think that Sophia does a wonderful job as Tammy Jean. I think that Tammy Jean ends up being a really interesting character. And uh, certainly, you know, it, towards the end turns into kind of your heavy mustache twirling villain a bit. But because that's not all we see from her, uh, it didn't bother me at all. Like I did. Sure. This is not in any way like the villain from the premiere episode who was, you know, kind of just mustache twirling villain the whole way through. 
Oh God, Tammy Jean would just shoot that guy in the chest and just. Oh, like, you you know who that guy was in the pilot? He was Storbrand Sawyer. Yes. He yeah. looked in the face. He looked a lot like Sawyer from Lost. I was like, is that no, no? Oh, dude. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, can we? Uh, uh, I'm. I mean, can we? Can we dive into the into magic and the insane? Yes. So let's. So so before we get there, real quick, let's just say that uh, uh, there's one more big reveal that we want to talk about with the leap. But overall, I think that that kind of covers you know most of our like spoilery feelings about the leap uh, itself. Um, the back at the project, uh, we don't get a ton of time back at the project, mm-hmm. but we do get. I think probably thus far. Um, one of the most important scenes, present day scenes, and arguably one of the most important scenes, period, thus far in our revival series. Have at it, Dennis. So the impetus, what they get, what gets us to the scene is that they find out that Janice is hacking into Ziggy to find out what the project is going to do, which I find really interesting, for one. But so, yeah, this brings up the fact that they're pulling a personnel file. So Magic's like, all right, Ian, before you see this, I want to tell you this. Something you want to know in person. Of course, I love Mason Alexander Park, like playing if you're like, oh, we're going to go for a walk. Like, like what's going to happen? <laughs> right. I'm fired, you know? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I love Ian's energy that they, <laughs> they constantly, go to coffee, they go outside. Yeah. I, I love Ian's energy that they constantly feel like they're on the verge of getting fired. You know what I mean? Just, right, 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 right. It just I respect the get, mushrooms moment in the premiere episode. Like, yeah, they're, they're going to get taken out. Mushrooms. They're gonna, <laughs> yeah, they're going to disappear into the back of a van. So they go out and they have this scene. And then so many questions about this. I don't even know where to start. So, and I think I texted you about this, the nudge. Yeah. And what that means. Someone on Twitter, one of our followers uh, Matthew, and I don't want to pull it up. I meant to pull it up before. Uh, apologies, Matthew, if you're listening to this episode. Matthew, uh, one of our new followers on Twitter, he pointed out that the whole idea of purposefully leaping into someone and taking their place kind of violates consent as we Absolutely. know Absolutely. Sure. Now. And this kind of suggests that in some weird way, Sam asked permission before he leaped into people. Cause that's how I took it. Like I felt a nudge and I chose to let, and I, and I chose to let this presence in. Yeah. Which begs I, the question, like I felt a nudge. What if magic could push back and push him away? Right. Would so, Sam have leaped into someone else into the squad? I, I think that he, I wonder if let's, you know, I know that there's been some talk about the whole safety protocols thing. And, and maybe we should talk a little bit about that later and 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 the fact that ben can leap outside of his own lifetime and everything sure. but let's just go let's wipe that out let's go back to the original series for a moment string theory ball string you know one ends your life one ends your death loop it together ball it up you know all the days to sure. touch one another etc i took it more to mean that when sam leaps it's not a straight line it's not that he's he's going from you know this person to he didn't leap from himself at sixteen into magic in Vietnam right away. That as we know that the leaps sometimes take time. That, that mm-hmm. some some leaps can sometimes take like a week or two before he lands. And I I kind of took it to mean not so much that Sam's asking permission explicitly, but that in that bouncing around, that maybe yeah maybe sometimes he's nudging someone so to speak, and they nudge back. 
And so he bounces off somewhere else. Now, I would probably argue that with the conceit of Lee Poem Part 1 and Part 2, that yes, he was on a trajectory. You know, I would even take it further back than that. I would say MIA. From the time MAU, he, he lands in MIA, he sets off kind of a chain of events that takes him to himself when he's 16, and then takes himself to Vietnam. And I think part of it's to teach him a lesson. And this is stuff that I'm adding in. You know, I think it's to teach him a lesson from the end of MIA that he thinks he's making the rules, right? That Sam thinks that he's got rules that he has to follow. So he can't break those rules and put Al and Beth together. And then I think, you know, time fade or whatever is like, oh, really? Well, here you go, Sam Beckett. And then throws him back home and then throws him into Vietnam to show him that, like, not only can you change those things, I want you to change those things because, Mm -hmm. you know, I want you to benefit from this too. Um, so anyway, that's all kind of headcanony bullshit. But but I, I think that yeah, I think it's an interesting conceit that that yes, that there is that there is kind of a uh, a transaction almost taking place. You know that there's like I'm tapping you on the shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. step aside. It's like an improv scene, right? And you know, oh, sure. where, you yeah. know, freeze. <laughs> yeah. You jump up. You tap somebody on the shoulder. You jump in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. I didn't take it necessarily quite like that, though. I, I, I took it to just mean that magic felt kind of this metaphysical, like you know, he was being pushed aside for a moment, and and mm-hmm. and and then didn't really remember much about what happened in the time that he was gone. And the next thing he knew, he was back. Um, that's kind of just, yeah. I just kind of took it at face value. Hmm. That's interesting. And let's talk about the fact that he blacks out yep. and then he comes to a day later. It now granted we're just here on one side and they could uncover more later as the series goes on, but it really feels like they're retconning out the waiting room at all. Because when he said that after he got back, he started having vivid dreams about someone before he said, Sam, well, actually, it's interesting. He never actually said Sam. Ian says Sam. Yeah. Before Ian says Sam, I really thought he was going to say he had vivid dreams about Al. Al, yeah. Conversations with Al in the waiting room. But no, like they really heavily imply that he had vivid dreams of Sam. Also found it interesting. They made a point to not show Scott Bakula at all in the flashback scenes. And I don't, if, if that's, was just a creative choice or a technical choice. I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm on the side that it was a creative choice that the idea behind it was, is that it wasn't, this was not about Sam's experience. This was about sure. magic experience. And I feel like had you shown Sam had you shown Scott Bakula at any point that that would have honestly taken a little bit away from that. I know some sure. people might disagree and, and have totally valid reasons for doing so. But for me personally, I think that, yeah, had I, I think it would have become more about that Easter egg of seeing Scott's face and seeing Sam as magic. Plus it makes sense, right? Like, why would magic be having these memories or whatever sure. of Sam? So, sure. but yes, I, 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 I think you raise a good point, too. I, I, um, I guess I found, I found it weird. Like, it makes such a big deal. Like, I had these vivid dreams of a man I'd never seen before. And then no point did they actually, like, show sure. Sam. That, that stuck out as, as a little bit weird. Um, so beyond those two points, then the reveal that it was basically – magic that restarted the project back up. Yeah, I thought that this was interesting. And I thought it was interesting because one of the things that, you know, that I had been speculating is that Al had brought magic along at some point. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the Al had, uh, you know, maybe started to kind of like try to form a bit of a, a group of people that he knew he could trust that would be invested, you know, in the project, you know, maybe for different reasons, but at least in a similar way that he was because he knew he wasn't going to be able to do it forever. And he knew that at some point, you know, he'd have to pass the torch. And, and, and so I, it'll be interesting. Part of me wonders, is it a missed opportunity? And, 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 and make no mistake. I thought magic's monologue was great. I thought Ernie was fantastic. I thought Mason oh, yes, was fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. This is not about that. This is just me like questioning a creative choice and saying like, I think maybe personally, I would have preferred, I would have preferred there to be a relationship between magic and Al. And it seems mm. as though there wasn't as much of a relationship between magic and Al, although it's hinted at enough when he talks to Beth Mm-hmm. that there had to have been some sort of relationship between the two of them. Um, sure. I know, so I don't know. I know it, it begs the question, like, does it any, did at any point did magic tell Al about his experience? Right. And why he restarted the project or in my, my head cannon is going wild here. Or is it more did say, did Al become such a sad person after they lost Sam like magic felt like it would be hurtful in some way to share that information with him. Could be. I, it's interesting I to me to think that, you know, once magic hit Admiral and got like all this top secret clearance or whatever, he was able to just go get this information on his own. Because for, sure. for me, like I would think that project quantum leap would be like, one of those things that's so classified that even like, you know, sure. Yeah. They're, 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 they wouldn't have told Donald Trump about Project Quantum Leap. Let's just oh, put it that way. Oh, God, no. I can't believe I had to say his fucking name on this podcast. I hadn't said his name in a long time either. No, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I, I I thought that that was kind of interesting too. Um, but again, I mean, it, it, it moves the story along. And, and I think overall, just for for the character to, to learn more about magic in this respect is important. Um you know, we kind of get the confirmation that, uh, uh, which, which had basically been confirmed in Leap Home Part 2, but, you know, we, we get the confirmation that he, like, when he came on uh, to Tom's SEAL team in 1970, like, that's when he starts. So he, so it's, it's very likely that he was, like, 18, 19 years old. So, sure. you know, at this point, he's, like, 71, 72, uh, uh, um, which tracks with, you know, Ernie's age and everything yeah. as well. Now, this um, is the question that I asked you when I, I texted you before we yeah. started. As I recall, I didn't take a chance to like go back and watch Part of Leap Home Part 2. I remember that Tom had been killed. I think somebody else had been killed in this particular uh, attempted rescue mission. A couple other people got injured, and they failed the mission, obviously. But that was it. But the way Magic talked about it, of course, we're taking like Magic's monologue at face value here. It almost sounded like he had been killed and almost the entire squad had been killed. Right. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, is that when Al first pops in, he says that Tom is killed and two others are wounded. Um, okay. And but but as the episode progresses, as things start to go haywire on the actual mission, I do think that there's one point where Al says, you know, something like, you know, now nobody makes it back or something like that. So I think that at one point that 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 later on in the episode, it is it is alluded that that yes, maybe Magic will die slash Sam will die if they don't. Sure you know, do something differently. Um, and that's, I think when Sam decides to, you know, to, to, to realize that, okay, well, maybe we can't save the the captives, but we can, you know, we can, we can save everybody else. Sure. Uh, but by that time, Maggie, unfortunately, you know, is dead. And, and sure. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, and, and it's also a thing like I can understand why 
they chose to not go down the waiting room path in this one because like that would have totally derailed a very beautiful scene. Absolutely. You know, because like if Harry's playing like, well, back in the old project, there was a waiting room because like sleeping worked differently back then, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it would have just become like an exposition fest. and Right. Well, and here's the thing, and this is something that we've talked about uh, quite a few times before. Just because there's a waiting room, that's no reason to think that anyone who's ever been in the waiting room is going to remember their time in the waiting room. You know, and, and I mean, given the circumstances, given, you know, the, what we know about these people going back to their own lives, it definitely seems as though most of them kind of forget their time in the waiting room to begin with. Sure. So I'm not, I'm not taking Magic's monologue as retconning anything uh, until we get like further confirmation, I can completely understand how some people might think that this is retconning, you know, certain elements of the original leap from leap home part two and, and retconning the waiting room, or maybe alluding to that fact. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not, I don't think it infers that I, I, I just, yeah, I, I think to me, you know, this is what's much more important to get from this, of course, is that magic knows that, you know, that, that Sam, mm-hmm. I leaped into him at some point and that, you know, and that he considers it his, his job to figure out how this all works and where Sam is. And, you know, wants and wants some answers beyond all of that. And, uh, uh, and I think it's really lovely. And I love, I, you know, I feel like we could spend most of our episodes sometimes talking about Mason Alexander Park. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's not to say that, you know, everyone is doing fantastic work. I mean, I could spend an episode just talking about Raymond Lee, but, uh, but, Mason has created such interesting, distinct relationships. And and yes, part of it's in the writing, but they have done such an incredible job of creating these distinct relationships with each and every character. And just the way that they treat Jen, the way that they treat magic, the way that they treat Addison, like it's different. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and not only that, the one thing that I feel like we don't get to talk enough about, and, and I think we'll have more opportunities to do down the road is it's clear that Ian you know, I, I want to be careful. How I say this because I don't want people to misinterpret it, but Ian loves Ben. Like, yes, Ian is just yeah. as invested in getting Ben back home as anybody oh, yeah. else. And I just, and I, and so I think it's just really lovely. The scene, you know, that, that they, that the writers chose Ian as the character to receive this information from magic, because really it's for us. It's for the audience, the whole damn thing. Oh, is absolutely. For the audience, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, they could have, they could have had magic sit down with Jen. They could have had magic sit down with Addison, but they chose to have magic sit down with Ian. And I think that that was the perfect choice for so many reasons. <laughs> I find that interesting because just as you said, that is that, Al in the original series, like he was very much like our conduit. Yeah. To, to understand things. And I feel like that's what they're doing with Ian a little bit. Yeah. I mean, especially in this case, Addison might be the hologram, but I I think Ian checks more Al boxes than any other character on the show. I know. Did you just see the suit? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And, we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit on because we got some some reader feedback about that, but I will save it for I will save it for that. That's not to take away from anything that Caitlin Bassett is doing, because again, oh, I think I think gosh, she is amazing. doing I think she's doing wonderful stuff, but now like what she's been doing, it's all been upended because of what happens in the last scene 
and Ben remembering, which by the way, I thought was wonderful. We get to the end and I love another quantum leap staple. I want to know if they actually did this on purpose or not. We know that everything turns out okay because Jake and Eva have lots of kids. Yeah. Which now is Ben starting to be responsible for children being born that would not have originally been born? Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And those children would be like, you know, our age, basically, maybe a little bit younger in Mm. in time for the new series. So who knows? Maybe we'll see some of those kids walking around the project. But but in between... All, all of the moments that happened in between, like the personal moments with the dad were really oh, great. Oh, yeah. Like, like, Gosh, like the we didn't answer, even get to talk about him. I, like the answer is always in front of you and and Ben running out and then stepping back in. Oh, can I borrow the car? That <laughs> moment. It, it seemed like just like a wonderful 80s movie moment for some reason. And the music like throughout this episode was... Oh yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing a wonderful job. Should note that don't you want me baby came out four months after this leap took place, but (laughs) that's, that's that's, that's another staple of the original series. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I love the end. Yes. With how Ben remembers and like thinking about it earlier today, even the fact that he says, you, you're the woman I love. That yeah. directly repeats what Sam says to Donna. And again, it's a very straightforward, maybe even a little bit of a cliche line. So I don't know if it was an intentional thing, but it is exactly what Sam says to Donna in a leap back. Yeah. We have been we have been fortunate enough to you know to talk to a couple of people off the record and you know in in learning more about this specific scene, um, you know simplicity was part of the goal, mm-hmm. um, and I think that I think that they nailed it. I th- yeah. I, I, I I was I was moved by the the moment. I, I rewatched it like I literally once the episode was over, I rewound it and watched this specific moment mm-hmm. again because it's it's we've gotten a lot of stuff that we never would have gotten in the classic series already. Right. But this is something that I feel like really pushes us to a whole new level mm-hmm. with the relationship between Ben and Addison, which has continued to develop in all of these wonderful ways. And yeah, Ben remembering and, 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 and Addison's reaction to it and the attempted handhold. I mean, it was just beautiful. And mm-hmm. the wonderful thing is, and the reason why I kind of inferred that this was going to happen in this episode is that the publicity photos that were originally released show photos from this scene, but the way that they do it, they show Ben and then there's another photo and it's just Addison. So you don't actually see the two of them together, even in the publicity photos. And that to me was just, was just really lovely because mm, in the, no, in you the, do. no, you do. You well, there's, bed, there's, there, you, you see them in bed together. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh, about okay. this specific scene. Oh, where they're trying oh, to hold oh, each oh, other's I got hand. you. I got you. I got if you. you, go, got you. If, you sure. yeah, if you go and you look at the hand holding scene, uh, the, the production photos that were released, there's a photo of Ben holding out his hand. And then there's a photo separately of Addison holding out her hand. And you got don't you. actually see them together in that moment in the publicity sure. photos even. And so it was really just beautiful to actually see the moment, to see it in action, to see the hand going through. But yes, the, the photo of them in, in bed together, that's the one where I texted you and I was like, we get a flashback. Because, that's right. That's right. You know, okay. So, yeah. yeah. But um, 
I thought it was just lovely. I thought it, it avoided any sort of corny cliche. It, it, it was just, it was honest. It was, it was nice. I, yeah, I thought it was great. And, and I'm glad that it happened now that they didn't wait, you know, eight more weeks or whatever. It's like, we're, we're off to the races, man. I mean, that's just what it feels mm-hmm. like with this show. And I cannot wait to see what happens with Ben in the old West. I can't. Yeah. With like what they're doing, what their new dynamic is going to be. And yeah, right. Great, wonderful, like we've spent more time with the teaser leap than we have so far. Um, the, the moment out, like what we're going to see. It, oh, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is obviously the oldest person that Ben has leapt into thus far, mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see how that all relates and, 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 and how he handles, you know, this situation physically speaking, because, you know, knowing that he's got the physical attributes of who he's leapt into, like that'll be kind of interesting to think about. You know, we got kind of the tease and, and the comedic moment uh, in this episode about the fact that, you know, what are you missing, Ben? Uh, but yeah. in this case, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, he's gone from being a boxer to a woman to now being, an, you know, an, an older person, especially an older person in, you know, the 1880s, which, let's face it, was not necessarily kind to human beings physically. It was not a kind time period or place. Sure. Uh, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects him. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the reaction is like at the project, too, knowing that Ian you know, was kind of excited to begin with when they, when they found out about the fact that, Hey, you know, Ben's leaping outside of his lifetime. Now sure. Ben's back in the old West. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Onward. Onward. So speaking of, <laughs> um, as a way of a segue here, we got a listener message of this last week that kind of asked questions about that. Let me pull it up here. Uh, this is from, uh, Christian Eggers. Thank you, Christian, for the message. And again, apologies that we didn't have the email address up in the show notes like we always always said that we do um i'm gonna kind of like trim this down just for just for the sake of things but he had some issues with ben leaping outside of his own ben leaping outside of his own lifetime and the fact that ian or or anybody at the project they don't address it by they don't address string theory like leaping outside to like your own string or whatever they say um ian says like all of the safety protocols are off now and and Christian's response was is that the string theory of quantum leap is the bedrock upon which the series is built. It's why it works. It is the very first thing we learn about the project, and it's so seminal that fa- in fact that Sam is shown explaining it to Donna in a foreshadowing of their relationship. The whole point is that the ends of the birth and death represent the timeline in which you can jump or leaping along DNA as they did in the uh, as they did in the Civil War episode. And you can jump between points because you make a circle and ball it up and all the points touch, but only within the circle bound by life and death. So how do removing the safeguards change this? This wasn't a project rule. It was the physics of time travel in this universe. Or was it? The reason why I say that is because, you know, if you look at Mirror Image in particular, I think that that, that episode was setting the stage to just bust things wide open as far as when Sam could go and where Sam could go. I mean, we know, we know for, for fact that they were planning on doing stuff in the future in the, in the following season, you know, that a scene had actually been written that involved Al in the future looking for Sam. I think that getting tied to what Sam's theory was, 
Um, regardless of whether or not Mo, you know, Steinman had a similar theory, regardless of whether or not, um, well, what was the, the, the doctor's name that he went off into the cat, uh, uh, Professor Lenegro. Yeah. yeah. Um, like regardless of, of, of other people maybe having similar ideas, the, the, this was Sam's way in, right? Mm-hmm. Sam's way in to time travel was the string theory. And that's the thing. It's a theory. So to, 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 to just, you know, just because that was the rule for the old show, which again, the rule that they broke and then a rule that they were planning on kind of like finding other ways around anyway, I think mirror image provides us with the idea and the notion that Sam might be controlling his leaps. Sam might've used this theory to help build the accelerator, but I don't believe for an instant that this theory needs to be held as gospel. I love the theory. I love the conceit in the original series. I love the fact that that was what we saw. I think doing away with it and explaining it as being a safety protocol in the new project is actually kind of cool. And I hope that we get more about it. And if we don't, then I think it's a legitimate criticism to say, you just did away with it because you didn't want to have to deal with it anymore, talk about it anymore. I think that it should be discussed. I think that maybe we should get something. But again, I think that one of the things that this show I hope is teaching people is just hang on, just wait and see. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to get everything all at once and it's not always going to be spoon fed to you. But if, if the show has taught us anything four episodes in, it's that we're going to, we're, we're going to get some great stuff. We just have to kind of hang on for it. So I, I don't, I don't agree that, that, that the string theory is the actual physics of time travel in this universe. I don't agree with that notion at all. Well, I can agree with Christian in that that's kind of what they presented because they made such a big deal about it. Like, I can agree with you. Like, I'm glad I can accept that they're going to blow the doors off of this and they can have Ben time travel wherever. I think it was worth more, a little bit more of a discussion just beyond like safety protocols. Even just a couple of lines of just saying, well, Ben was working on new code for the last six months. Obviously, he figured something else out. Yeah. For, for leaping beyond. Um, Christian also um, to, to, or maybe to, or maybe or maybe one of the things about string theory is, is that we don't quite understand or grasp yet as an audience is maybe that maybe it maybe it was a safeguard. Maybe maybe the idea was is that like, you know, to successfully travel through time, you know, and do it in a safe manner, you have to use your, you know, your birth and your death as as kind of the loop in which you which you time travel and that somewhere in the past 30 years they've been able to say like, well, that's, that's a good idea to hang on to, but we don't actually need it. You know, maybe that's what Ben and Janice were able to kind of been like, you know, we don't actually need to do it this way. Yeah. But but now we have the budget to make things look better. So yeah. Um, To loop back to what we were saying about the differences between Addison and and Ian. Uh, This is Christian's letter. Also, I love Addison, but my wife thinks that Ian should have been the observer, maybe serving as a better blend between what uh, she, as in my wife, considers to be boring Addison and flamboyant Al. Do you think or know if we might see Ian as the observer in the future for just this reason? I don't think that they're ever going to switch Ian out for Addison because of Ian being more exciting or, or Caitlin being boring. Because, like I said, I think Caitlin is doing fantastic in the role. I do think, to open the question up more broadly, I don't think there is any special connection, like neurological connection, between Ben and Addison, and it all revolves around 
them. I think at any point, anybody else could step into the imaging chamber and communicate with Ben. And I think that because they are so clearly able, they like through monitors, they can see into the imaging chamber. They can see what Addison is seeing. They see Ben as Ben. If you take what we saw in the monitor in Atlantis at face value. So I think (laughs) I hadn't really thought about this, but I think Addison has the job of the hologram now because her job's been taken. Everybody else still has a job at Project Quantum Leap. Sure, sure. Addison doesn't have a job anymore because Ben took it. So who else is going to be the hologram? Right. Ian's too busy writing code. Yeah. I. That is to say, I do think, I don't think it's going to happen in the first season or maybe it'll happen later in the first season. Maybe there is some point where Addison is deposed somewhere else and somebody else, maybe Ian, they do have to step into the imaging chamber. I mean, I, I, I think, I think that there is a very, very, I think that there is a a 100% chance that Ben will interact with another person as a hologram on his leaps. And I'll leave it at that. It's very possible. We shall, you know, that, that brings up the question. The last time we saw Janice, she was building a thing in there. (laughs) They is, is a question like, is it an accelerator or is it, is it an imaging chamber? I think it's an imaging chamber. I think it's an imaging chamber too. And also speaking of Janice, I would be surprised if we see her again in the next couple episodes. I think the next couple episodes, it's going to be more leap centric. They'll probably give her some lines, you know, like they did like at the project, like what is Janice up to right now? I, if we don't, uh, Yeah. Like I said, we 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 we'll do see her know, before the month is over. I'll say I I think we'll see her before sure. the month is over. Sure, but I, I don't I don't think we're gonna see her next week. And I think there's a good chance that we won't see her the next week after that, though. Probably. Because I don't see, I mean, after you drug your mom, you what you, you don't go back for tea again. No. So I don't think we're gonna see her in that context again. We know she's hacking away. So unless we're just gonna have scenes of her like sitting in a computer trying to hack away. I don't think we're going to see Janice again until we find out what she's doing with that hand link. I think you're right. And I think it's actually really smart in a way because uh, it, 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 the character is intriguing and you almost want to cool off that intrigue just a little bit while we deal with some of the other stuff, especially the things that we're dealing with over the course of this episode. Ben's realization that he's engaged to Addison, Magic's monologue to Ian. You like, you, you know, clearly that, that stuff takes precedence. And I feel like it would have distracted if we would have gone and spent any time with Janice in this episode. Um, I think that, you know, maybe we'll see her next week in the Western episode. I Maybe we'll see her in the earthquake episode. Maybe that's where maybe that's where the bulk of the the reshoots go. Is maybe they just they just do some stuff with Janice, you know, to fill time, um, so that they don't have to fill it with other stuff, you know. And again, yeah, not not to beat a dead horse, but like I am, I am so interested in seeing the earthquake episode, but I'm also scared to see the earthquake episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way, and I am still like we have not gotten. There has been no official confirmation that it is actually going to be episode six. Um, it, 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 no, it's Martin Garrow never actually said it would be, he, he just, he kind of, he said, he, I think he even said like maybe somewhere in there, there's been no sure. official confirmation, official word that that is actually the sixth episode. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think it probably will be, I think that it seems to be that that's, you know, that that's kind of the general assumption right now, but, uh, um, knowing that, uh, you know, 
six additional episodes, for instance, instead of nine. You know, mm-hmm. we all thought it was going to be nine. That's what that's what had kind of been out there. But well, that's yeah, that's what Ernie put out there. So yeah, right, right. So you know, yeah. uh, but who knows? Ernie might not have known. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think that um, yeah. I, I think that we'll see it. It'll be really interesting to see what they do with it. Um, and the leap itself, I think, is strong. Um, it'll be very interesting, though, to see how it all works, considering the relationship between Ben and Addison and you know, what was revealed at the end of this episode. Maybe they reshot a ton of it. Maybe they, maybe they just reshot, like, damn near the whole thing. Who knows? They've had time. I don't know. And again, we have a very different hand link that we've seen from the promo photos. Right. That's just going to be a little thing of just, like, they don't explain it. <clears throat> or thought, the, very, the very beginning of the episode, Addison walks up to Ian and is like, Ian, I can't get this thing to work. He's like, oh, here, take this one instead. <laughs> Bam, problem solved. Bam, there we go. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, but Christian, what, one more comment from his letter that he sent. Like, uh, Finally, I really like to appreciate your view on why there can be no waiting room in the no series. But at some point, I hope they explain what happens to the consciousness of the person that Ben leaps into. Because uh, what a torturous hell would it be to like be trapped behind like Ben's eyes, but like have no agency? And also, where is Ben's body? So again, <clears throat> I feel like Allison Pregler, she's posted this on Twitter. Like this, this just needs to be like its own thing. It needs to be in our header thing on, on Twitter and Facebook because this is the right, question that everybody right. asked. From the interview that Stephen Lillian gave back a couple of months ago, the idea is that both the Leapy's body and Ben's body both are there at the same time. Mentally, they both are there at the same time. Um, mentally, the leapy is suppressed, and physically, they're entangled in some way. And like I said, superimposition, I believe, is the is, is, is actually the term. Superposition in some way. Yeah. So right now, we've seen Ben benefit from being in a stronger body, like in the boxing episode. Like I said, I'm interested to see at some point down the road, like after the viewers have gotten used to this, I'm interested to see if if Ben leaps into a physically weaker person, is he ever going to be inhibited by what? I mean, I think who knows that could be something that we get from the very next episode when he's in the older body. Yeah. You know, Um, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if that has any effects. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think Christian raises a really great point is it will be interesting to explore what that's like, you know, is it, is it, is it kind of akin to what magic described only without a waiting room? Like, is that kind of what we're supposed to as viewers take it? Is that, you know, that in this case, Eva felt a little nudge, you know, that, that, that Ben stepped in, that she's there, but she can't really like, she's, she's not able to remember anything about what happens, you know? And, and then she kind of comes to 24 hours later and she's like, man, that was kind of weird. I never remember what was happening, but I don't really remember what happened, but you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting too. Cause I mean, let's face it. Like, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. There's one beautiful thing that we didn't talk about in this episode that I absolutely loved. Ben not answering for the proposal. Oh yeah. Oh, because the thing is, we've talked about it with the classic series before about how Sam has these moments or does these things that really the leapy should have gotten to experience for themselves. And the fact that Ben basically yeah. like leaped it for Eva to be the, uh, Ben's song is awesome. That's yeah. all I have to say. Like, I just thought that was lovely. Yeah. Um, and and yes, it created even, all this dramatic tension too, but like, right. there's yeah, not even a discussion about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yes, right. this is obviously the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ben's, yeah, we Ben's, totally, Ben's great. Yeah, but we totally glossed over that. You're right. But uh, no, I, I think I, I think Christian raises a really, really great point, and I and uh, I do hope that we at one point get maybe a little bit more, um, and maybe we won't. Maybe magic's description is enough. Maybe that's what the viewer or what the writers and producers want us to to know that that this is what leaping is like. This is what the person that gets leapt into feels like. You know, don't worry. We're not, uh, uh, you know, we're not creating any sort of time travel assault here. You know, yeah. um, you know for sure. Know. Now that I think about the one thing I would have loved to have seen out of this episode, and maybe they would have done it if they'd done it later. But since you had this beautiful monologue with Magic explaining what that nudge felt like, if they had actually showed it on the sleep with Eva. Mm. Start the episode off with Eva sitting at the bar. Right, 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 right. And Ben coming in. End the episode. Yeah. yeah, End the episode with Eva coming back in Union Station and just being like, what the hell just happened? Right. But that's not what we got. But anyway, I'm I'm hoping, I am hoping as the series goes on, is that they are able, that they are willing to take more chances like that. And like I've said before, give us a little bit more of the Leap B give us moments like that yeah me too me yeah i i i think they will i think that they will explore it i i don't doubt that for a second but i think right now to be completely honest i think it's i think it's too early i really do i actually think it's too early for them to dive into some of that stuff and 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 i think the time will come soon enough that they will be able to have the freedom to really go into some of those things but Mm -hmm. right now i I just love the way that they've paced things out. I really am. I'm enjoying the reveals that we're getting when we're getting them, how they're building the story. Um, I, I think that the last two episodes, especially, and even Atlantis, like, I don't want to, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to crap on Atlantis by any means. I think the leaps have been good. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think that the show has, has been great and is very deserving of its additional episode order. And, you know, I, I hope that, uh, we're here talking about it for, for a long time to come because I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, yeah. I, I, even if we didn't do that, that's the thing. It's like, even if we didn't do this podcast, I would be enjoying this. I would be sitting down and watching yeah. it every Monday night and just be like, man, quantum leaps back on. I got to find a podcast with two middle-aged assholes. <laughs> <a lot>. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And the thing is going back and watching the, the first episode and the first part of Atlantis yesterday with my family, like taking the pressure away, sitting around people who aren't mm. nerds, sitting around right. people who have a life. My, um, my youngest sister's boyfriend he loved Quantum Leap. He loved the old Quantum Leap. Did not even realize that there was a new show. Yeah, because uh, because he has a life. I right. No, I know. I've heard. It. I've heard it from a, f- a few people. You know, social media. Other. Oh, I did. I didn't even know that there was a new one. Which on one hand, you're just sort of like, oh, did they market it well enough? And then on the other hand, you're like, yes, they market it well enough. Look at all the cool stuff that they did. Um, it's they just like, yeah. So I mean, I mean, they much. can market it. They can, they can market it great. But I have a feeling he's not on social media all that much. And he doesn't watch mm-hmm. a lot of TV. Or if he yeah. does watch TV, like he's he's going in like specifically to watch a specific thing, like he's not like flipping channels. So right. if that's the case, there you go. But my point being is take away all the pressure of the first two episodes, whatever. Just go back and watch the first two episodes now. If you thought they were bad, they're not as bad as you think. No, I agree. I, think I would I would totally agree with that. Uh still not a huge fan of the leap in the in the premiere episode, but that's all right. 
I got you. Right. I got you. Uh, you know, one other thing, I, I, Christian. First of all, thank you so much for for your letter. Really appreciate it, and thank you for for joining us and and you know being being a part of this this whole ride. Uh, I, I one thing I didn't say earlier when it comes to uh, Ian as the observer, like make no mistake, I would love to see Ian interact with Ben on a leap. Like I think that would be awesome. Sure. I think they would. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. But. Uh, but that said, like, I, yeah, much like what you said, Dennis, I mean, I love Addison. I love the fact that their relationship is, is important, you know, to the very fabric kind of, of, of these leaps and, 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 and the way that, you know, one thing that we're not giving Addison the character enough credit for, I mean, Caitlin, the actor as well, but the, the character specifically is that Addison is the only character that is bridging the gap between the leaps in the present day. And, 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 and so when we see her in the present day, it's it's lovely because we're getting to see something that we rarely if ever got to see from Al, which is that walking out of the imaging chamber and just being like, you know, in, in the midst of a leap. And, and, and the stakes in some ways are even higher because like, I would argue that the nature of Sam and Al's relationship is easily on par with the nature of Ben and Addison's relationship. But at the end of the day, Ben and Addison are engaged to be married, you know? One could argue that the highest stakes of the original series were Al, getting Al and Beth together, right? I mean, that's the last thing Sam does that we see him do. So I think in that notion, it's like the the, the nature of relationships. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm just really enjoying the fact that 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 you know she's kind of the vessel to take the 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 present back to the past for Ben, and also to take Ben's experience back into the present day and interact with everyone there and advocate for, you know, that's the other interesting thing about Addison as a character. She's having to advocate for Ben while he's on the leap. She's having to advocate for their relationship. She's having to advocate for, you know, there's so much stuff going on. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot one other thing. This is a wild tangent. We got to get out of here, but I will say one other thing that was fascinating to me is we got mention of Tom Beckett in this episode. Mm -hmm. And we also got a little clue, a little nugget dropped to us about a nosy Senator who comes to pop into the project and knowing that the writing staff has done stuff in the past that has basically mm -hmm. been taken from fan works, the name Janice, for instance, mm -hmm. I would not be a bit surprised. I, I'm not saying it's going to be, but I would not be a bit surprised if that Senator, if not Tom is not somebody related in some fashion to somebody, somebody we've seen before. I know. Yeah. Somebody threw out Diane McBride. I don't think it's going to be Diane. That's they, they had her so old and decrepit. I was going to say in, she, 19, she would be, in 1995, I, she would have to be very old. And yeah, she was already I, not she'd be like 90. Well. She'd be like 90. She'd be like 90 years old. Sure. Not, not that we don't have a problem in this country with electing officials who are far too old for the job, but that's besides the but, point. But that, that, that's beside <laughs> point. But I'm, I'm interested to see who this is. Like if they, like you said, if they're able to tie it back in to the original series. I think I think we got to see Tom at some point. Mm. I do. We'll find out. But for now, we should leap out of here, get back to our family responsibilities, and yeah, yeah. And next week, next week, do we have a name for next week's episode? Back to the Future Part Three. No, uh, back to the. <laughs> It does. Look, I, think, I say that uh, with love, by the way. That is not. I'm not throwing shade in any way. I think uh, salvation or bust. Yeah, I think you're right. 
that's what Matt had on. We haven't got we haven't gotten pro, promo photos for it yet, uh, which is yeah. a little strange. Usually we get the promo photos by now. Um, well, usually so they, they drop them like right after in the middle of like the actual episode airing. Yeah, but they dropped but they dropped some of the decent proposal ones early. Remember? Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, 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 hopefully we'll have something to share with you within the next day or two. Um, and then obviously uh, um, you'll, you'll know when we get our screener, cause we'll probably be all a buzz about it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you, you know, again, we're so grateful for the fact that we get those because it gives us the opportunity to make sure we can release an episode, you know, in a very timely fashion for everyone immediately after the episode airs. Um, so that, so that, uh, our listeners can, can check it out. So, um, so yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with that. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And remember to leap responsibly. All right. We'll see you next week. Y'all. I want to stay